This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. So, Ken, I'm kind of sad. Why are you sad, sweetheart? Because you're leaving oh. on a jet plane. Okay, which uh. is kind of funny. I know that was bad. It's kind of funny because we were planning on you leaving tomorrow. But I fucked up. Yeah, and then you came to me in a frenzy this morning. Or what was it? You got a phone call. Right? Yeah, and uh, my boss uh, for the new movie was saying, hey, are you all ready to go? We're looking forward to seeing you tonight. I'm like, what do you mean tonight? Because I thought I was going to be leaving at 10.30 a.m. tomorrow. And apparently that was 10.30 p.m. Right. But tonight. And you're you're landing tomorrow, but like in the wee hours. In the wee hours. So I didn't get any of my work done. I haven't even eaten yet. Not Like nothing has been happening other than podcast stuff because we love you American fuckers so much that yes. we are constantly working. You guys have no fucking idea how much effort we put into this. Yeah. And Especially also, Sunny. Hint, hint. We have a Patreon. Patreon slash American sex or Patreon.com slash American sex. I don't even fucking know. But tell them where you're going, Ken, because it's kind of exciting. I'm going to Los Angeles to work production on a film, another feature film. Exciting. But you're going to be gone until October, what, 19th or something like that. So, And this is, uh, it should be a really interesting film. I think I'm one of the only male producers on the film. It was written, uh, will be executive produced and produced by primarily women. So it definitely passes the Betchel test. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. 100%. I'm in, and I was, I loved the, uh, uh, what they said my qualifications were not only am I, you know, good at being a producer, but I don't go all googly eyed when boobs come around because right. we're like, you know, kind of immune to that at this point. Just there, like, there will be some scenes that have boobs. That have boobs. Yeah, that's so, true. That's cool. Movie about boobs. But so that means American fuckers, the next, I don't know, eight or nine or whatever weeks are going to be really interesting because as Ken said, he thought he was leaving tomorrow. So we thought we could like pre-record some things before he left. So we can't do that. So over the next few weeks, maybe Ken will do an interview by himself with someone who's in LA with him. Maybe I'll end up doing an interview by myself. Maybe we'll do an interview together like we normally do, but Ken will call in. Maybe, like, who knows? Maybe it's one gonna of us. going to be a bunch of stuff. I'm going to be there till like the end of October. Right, so it's going to be a while. Maybe one of us will pull in like a, a guest host, like a surprise guest host. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. You know what? That what? would be an, kind of an awesome idea an American sex takeover. Well, they wouldn't take over. They'd only take over half? Half over? No, like, just, like, let them take over a whole episode. Who them? Who's these know. them? Who's a, the, a mystery who's person. The, I don't they, know yet. Them, they, them, them. Somebody really fascinating. Ooh, Maybe who? Happy Dave. They don't know who Happy Dave is. <laughs> so they're, not, they're not getting the joke. But, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll, it's a mystery. This is a new frontier for our podcast. We don't know where the hell we're going to go and what that next eight weeks is going to entail. But it's you know gonna what? It's going to be mysterious, but it'll be good. You know what, American fuckers? We're happy. 
you're along on the ride with us because that's all that counts. Okay, stop looking at me like I'm the cheesiest person in the world. I don't have my glasses on and I'm a little stoned. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at you. I was actually staring at the wall behind you, that teddy bear back up there, or cow or whatever it is. Teddy maybe cow? Maybe. Oh, it's a winged llama. Oh, have you seen? Okay, speaking of cows, have you seen the new internet sensation that, bitch, I'm a cow. It's so amazing. Go look it up. Bitch, I'm a cow. I will look it up. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Hi, everyone. I'm Ken Melvoin Berg. And this is Sunny Megatron. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I don't know where Are the bitch goes. Are you a cow? I know. <laughs> I would love it if you were a who cow for me. Maybe I'll dress up as a sex cow one day for you. That would be awesome. Yeah. And if you're like, what's a who cow or a hue cow, depending on how you pronounce it, I have a video. I'll put the link in the show notes to the human cow fetish. Yeah, it's totally a thing, but we're not getting into it now. But it's a thing. Go look at the video. And welcome to episode 55, because I can't drive 55 of American Sex Podcast. Oh, my God. You're so cheesy. I'm so old. You're so cheesy. I'm and so, by the way. That, Sammy Hagar was the first tape I actually purchased, I think. I had albums, but that was the first Ooh. tape that I bought. Did you have 8-tracks? I had 8-tracks. I'm I, that old. I had Pat Benatar. It's the album with My Clone Sleeps Alone and Heart... Or, um, Hell is for Children. And what the... F you're a heartbreaker. Yeah, that's it. Heartbreak. Heartbreaker. I didn't get to choose the eight tracks that I received. <laughs> they were given to me, and it was Herp Alpert of the Tijuana Brass and Jim Croce's Greatest Hits. I didn't get to choose mine either, but I had a cool mom. You did. <laughs> so she listened to Pat Benatar. Uh, so, yeah. And by the way, I keep mentioning our show notes, which is- Oh, millennials. You need to, like, Google- Eight track tapes. Yes. So you can see what they are. I keep mentioning our show notes, which is at americansexpodcast.com. All of our show notes for every episode are there. Just go there, look up the episode, and boom, you got it. So this week's guest, super duper excited, is Andrew Gerza. Andrew Gerza is a disability awareness consultant and cripple content creator whose written work has been featured in the Los Angeles Times, Men's Health Magazine, Daily Extra, Gay Times UK, Huffington Post, The Advocate, Everyday Feminism, Mashable, and Out.com. Also, several anthologies. He was the only disabled cast member of MTV Canada's hit show, One Girl, Five Gays. He is the host of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. He has also appeared on a number of other podcasts, including Dan Savage's Savage Love and Cameron Esposito's Query. He's an accomplished voice on the intersectionality of queerness and disability. He travels all over the world talking about what it means to be a queer cripple. Okay, so listen, everybody listening, you must listen to this episode, which I trust you're going to do. I mean, unless you're like, this sucks, I'm going to shut off. Don't shut it off. Also, Everyone, every human being on the planet needs to listen to this episode. So it is each one of you's duty to go grab a friend and make them listen to this episode. It is so good. Um, Andrew really just like digs down deep and helps us all sit with our discomfort about disability. You know, we talk about things like inspiration porn and what is it and why is it bad? Internalized ableism on the part of people who are also disabled. And of course, we get down to the nitty gritty, you know, the sucking and the fucking and kink 
Andrew is just a, a complete breath of fresh air. And it was I, an amazing podcast. One thing I really want to, or I want to add really quick is that um, when I read the bio from the people that we interview, they are the ones that actually write that content. And so normally I would never say the word cripple, but that is what Andrew wants. That is how he promotes himself. And when you listen to the podcast, you're going to understand why. Know that I'm not somebody who uses that word. Exactly. Unless somebody wants you to use that word with them, which you'll hear the whole thing in the pocket. It's it's great. It's great. So the thing about I that I love about us doing American sex podcasts is yeah, we're pretty well known in the sex ed field and even like the sex worker field and sex therapists and you know, all those adjacent industries. And we know a lot of people, but we don't know everyone. So it's a good excuse for us to be like, hey, you, you know, I've chatted with you on Twitter a bit, what we've never actually talked. And this conversation with Andrew, I feel like, oh, my God, I have a new friend, you know, which happens a lot. But I just I'm feeling that good, like friendship, gooey, fuzzy, warm, you'll understand when you hear it. It's amazing. And then he tweeted to me just after we finished recording. He said, I, okay, I just guessed it on American Sex Pod, and it was literally full of giggles, learning, and amazing discussions on sex ableism and my queer cripple identity. Oh my God, I'm so, so excited for you to hear. So, uh, so am I. Hey, Ken, before you leave, do you know what time it is? Is it? Sorry, Maya's calling. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. Oh, shit. Okay. We we broke for a moment. Ken is done with his phone call, but Ken... Because- and, and Maya Sinster says hello to all the American fuckers. Aww. So, Ken, you were just about to sing me a song, I think? Was that what's, what's happening? No. Come on. We'll do it together because we're not going to be together for two months. One, okay. two, three. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for the new members of our Patreon family. Boy, that was fucking off-key and awful. <laughs> Thanks for joining our family this week, Jennifer and Andrew. Now, wait, wait, wait. I have to give, like, special thanks. Okay, Jennifer, you get extra special thanks, and you know why. And Andrew, you get extra special thanks, and you know why, too, because that's Andrew. Actually, our guest, Andrew Gerza, is on Patreon. So hop on over to his Patreon, which, fuck, I don't have the address on me right now. We will have it in the show notes, though. Yes, we'll have it in the show notes, or maybe right now, I'll just stitch it in patreon.com slash cripple content um so yeah you're both completely fucking awesome you are if you would like to support this show and join our growing patreon family head on over to patreon.com slash american sex by becoming a member you'll get all our episodes early bonus content extra stories from our guests and more. Oh yeah. And like an extra story from Andrew. So hop on over to our Patreon. Another thing you can do to help support the show that is absolutely free and it will help us to the Dickens. I don't even know if that's an expression, but it It will not. It it (laughs) is now. It is now is hop on over to iTunes or whatever podcast thing that you listen to and hit that subscribe button. That actually helps our download numbers tremendously. And we also very much appreciate your written and or star rating reviews. And that's especially true on iTunes, like without getting into the nitty gritty of how this all works, just like any other show, TV show, radio show, whatever, we get our success and our advertising dollars based on ratings. And iTunes is weighted the heaviest in the ratings game for podcasts. So if you could do that for us, we're already going to love you forever, but we'll love you forever more, longer forever, longer forever. 
Did you know we're also hosting a giveaway this month with Castle Megastore? You can win an Ojoy Olive. To enter, go to sunnymegatron.com slash olive, and you can get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY at checkout. Are you ready for this exciting fucking conversation? And it's a fucking conversation. Yeah, and it was pretty fucking. vulnerable and engaging, and we got to ask a lot of the questions that like were in our heads, but I think we were afraid to ask because we didn't want to come across as dicks. And that, that is a key takeaway and a key theme to this conversation because I know all of you listening, able-bodied people, there are things that you do or don't do because you don't want to be a dick and hear what we have to say about that. So here's Andrew Gerza. We have on the line with us today, Andrew Gerza. Hi, Hi, Andrew. Hi. I have so many things I want to talk to you about. And I know like this interview has been a long time coming. I know like we've emailed, I don't know, months ago, like, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, we got to. And then somehow it never happened. And now we're here. So I'm not only super excited, but I've had a lot of time to think about all the eight gazillion things I want to talk to you about. I'm so ready. I can't wait. Yay. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to start. I'm going to go to the uncomfortable place first. Cause one of the places, one of the things that you're known for is using certain words to refer to yourself that make people really uncomfortable. Correct. And these these are words that I even have a hard time saying because I've always been told like you never say those words ever ever ever. Right? So, but you have a different spin on that and you notice I'm not saying the words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I did notice that. Um <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. Pretty sure the word you're referring to is cripple. Yeah, and I can say that it's okay. Um in with me you can say that. In, okay. And I think this is the the trouble when it comes to identity politics around disability. Disability is something that we the or the idea of disability is still pretty new in the way, in our culture the way we talk about disability. I mean, it's been around forever and Disabled people have been around forever, obviously, but the way we talk about disability is still really new, and we're still kind of, we're on eggshells about it all the time because there is not really consensus on what's the right word and what's the, how do we, how do we address somebody with a disability? Some people prefer handicapped. Some people prefer person with a disability. Some people prefer disabled. Um, and then there's me who, you know, decided to just kind of turn all that on its head and play with those ideas and call it what it was. I'm, I am severely disabled. I, um, need help to do everything in my day to day life. I, um, I'm a wheelchair user. All these things make up my disability identity. And I'm kind of someone who likes to, to, to push the envelope really, really far just to see how far I can push it. So queer cripple is a moniker that I use to describe myself around my work because it lays out exactly who I am and what I do. It mm-hmm. means that I like to suck dick. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that I'm really, really very, very disabled. And I just love playing with that. Um, that language is something that I've reappropriated for myself. I would never put that label on somebody else without their permission. I would never just run up to a random disabled pe- person and be like, Hey, cripple, what's up? Like, Hey, that's not how I operate. Um, but I do understand the importance of, of using language to create power. And in this case, 
cripple is, is a word that I really, really, um, so much so love that I have it on my, I have it, I have queer cripple tattooed on my chest because. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> right? It's so, and I remember when the tattoo artist was doing it, he was like, what do you want on there? And I was like, queer cripple. And he was like, are you sure about that? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. So it's something that I, it's language that I would, again, would never put on a, another disabled person without their permission, but it's, language that I've chosen for myself and when I'm with lovers or people who are not disabled who know me really and want to get to know my experience, I urge them to call me by that moniker because it forces them to confront their own ableism and confront their fears around disability and realize that if you're going to be with me in any way, you have to be comfortable with who I am. And that's the language is a small way to do that. You know, I think that's very interesting, and it kind of reminds me of a conversation that we had with Kevin Patterson about forced ambassadorship, and it's okay for any member of a particular identity to claim a word for themselves, but you can't force it on another person. And I think yeah. that goes with, you know, across the board, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's religion, whether it is ability, whether it's race, uh, like anything or, or even, you know, sexual preference. Right, right. Yeah. You know, any of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I've, yeah, I've heard you call yourself, you know, a bear in a chair, which I love. I love that. A disabled there, daddy. There needs to be a Dr. Seuss book called The Bear in the Chair. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. The bear in the chair had a mean stare. <laughs> Over there. So good. At your hair. And the bear, could be, in a, the bear could be in a wheelchair. Like it's just, <laughs> it could be in a wheelchair. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and you also refer to yourself, and and again, I feel weird saying it, but now I feel okay. A, a crippled content creator. So that's what you've sort of labeled yourself. Um, and I think you know, I'm sure that there, you know, we're going to get into your specific experiences and instances where people have discomfort around disability, and it's like, yes, it's discomfort with disability, but I think a lot of it, at least I'm seeing in myself is discomfort with what I should say, what I am I doing the right thing? Am I offending that sort of thing? And you'll hear people say like, am I supposed to I'm not supposed to say handicapped. That's a bad word. You're supposed to say disabled. You're supposed to no, no, don't use that terminology. And then people just end up being so freaked out that they're going to make an ass of themselves. They don't say anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that I say, first of all, just to backtrack a little bit, Kevin Patterson's book is fucking incredible. Yes, I just got the audio, the audible download, and I, I, it was done in a day. It's wow. Um, yeah, and for listeners listening along, it's "Love's Not Colorblind," and I'll put the link to his book in the show notes because y'all have to read it. And, and it does transcend race; it transcends just about anything that's an identity. All the things, so good. All just, the things. I just felt like I should be like, "Yep, it's great." And then I found out he follows me, and I just about died. I was like, "What? No!" So it was it was (laughs) awesome. Um, But so I think people are afraid to do anything because we've been taught that disabled people are angelic and cherubic and innocent and sweet, and that they could do no wrong. Listen, sometimes disabled people are assholes, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't think we should we should tread eggshells around them. And that includes them saying, look, this is my identity. This is who I am. It's okay. Um, and I think when people are feeling that fear, it's because they are wa- not wanting to confront their own ableism. 
And for anybody yeah. who's listening who doesn't know what ableism is, that just means when you're discriminating against a disabled person, you're being ableist. Um, but I think so many people are afraid to realize that they have ableist tendencies because that's not PC to say, hey, I'm an ableist, but, but I'm a disabled person and I've done it too and I've been called out on it too several times in the work that I do and I've had to like go back and be like oops sorry I made that mistake I'll you know I'll do better sorry about that it's I think it's okay to own that and say look I made a mistake can I try again yeah yeah so you're saying like basically internalized ableism is a thing oh yeah as yeah a, as a disabled person I constantly worry about how will an able-bodied person see this am I you know too disabled here i don't want to look like the disabled guy like all of that stuff is really really real and and affects a lot of a lot of my life and but really i mean in a way i'm thankful for it because it gave me a job like without all of that stuff around disability and all the way that i feel about it i wouldn't be where i am doing what i do i mean i just flew back from la last night for a top secret thing because of what i do Top secret. Can we get hints? No, we can't. I, mean, yeah. I wish I could, but I can't. But okay, uh, we'll just keep our eyes out. Then we'll we'll watch. We'll watch Twitter, and I'm sure it whatever it is will be unveiled at some point. Oh, it's coming! But they're like, I, yay! Yeah, yeah, it's so I'm so excited. But what I'm saying is like because of ableism and because of the me talking about my own internalized ableism, it's created work for me, and I couldn't be more gobsmacked that my you know my little idea to become a consultant six years ago has transformed into what it has oh congratulations on that i have a question what's a good definition of disability that's that is like for for example and i want to give you a for example because 99 percent of the time i'm an able-bodied person but i have a really severe seizure disorder and it affects me for days and days and days on end sometimes i can't move sometimes i you know, fall down and have seizures. Am I disabled? Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I, and I don't know the answer. I'm not trying to debate you. I honestly don't know because, like, most of the time, I'm completely an able-bodied person. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna. Now again, I don't know all the particulars, but I'm gonna say right because of how you mentioned that it sometimes changes your experience and sometimes you fall down and have like have seizures right now you could like right at this moment you could that would change everything for you i would say you have an invisible disability or yeah and that's that's kind of how i feel it's like i'm also like one and a half percent like african heritage but i can't even you know that's not enough to call myself mixed race you know like it's like i'm just on the you know the invisible threshold of disability just on the invisible threshold of not being completely caucasian and it's it's something that i don't have a easy time defining like i don't know where i fit into the the big scheme of things sometimes but i think the the power in that kevin is that you can define it for yourself you can okay. you can you can use the disability community to define it for yourself much like how we're seeing with transgender and non-binary communities who are like these are my pronouns you know this is what it is this is who i am fuck what all the rest of you think if if calling yourself invisibly disabled allows you to access supports funding medicine money all that stuff then why not do and also if it allows you to find a new community 
because one of the great things about being a disabled person is how fiercely we support each other and sometimes we also tear each other down but <laughs> but usually we support each other quite well um it's finding community there so i think um do you find yourself um hanging out more or finding community with people with the same disability that you have uh again loaded question i have i have, um, <laughs> I have spastic quadriplegic cp i love my fellow cpers hey what up uh but you know, I, I really am drawn to anybody with a disability because it's a shared experience of ableism and it's a shared experience of being rejected in so many different ways. And when you sit in a room with, and I was, I did a few, a few months ago, I went to my friend's place for the weekend and we have a bunch of friends. All of us were disabled and we all had a little get together and eight of us in wheelchairs sat in a room and just talked for like two or three hours about whatever but the vibe because we were all disabled and, and dealing with certain varying levels of disability the vibe was extremely different because we could just relax we didn't have to worry about what that able-bodied person over there thinks we didn't have to worry about like oh my god am i going to make a fool of myself in front of this person we could just all of us take a breath and i think um i think disabled people when we're together, we're just so much stronger because we get to share in those experiences and really find, build friendships that last, you know, a lifetime because of that. And, and most of my friends are, my really close friends are disabled and I, I, I'm really thankful for that. So when we were talking a few minutes ago about how, um, you know, most able-bodied people will treat people with disabilities with like kid gloves, like you're innocent and, uh, you know, and that's also, you know, treated non-sexually, that you don't have a sex drive. You must not have a sex life. And that's your life's work is talking about that, that, yes, you are a sexual being just like anybody else is. You're no different in that regard. So as somebody with a disability, what is you know sex and dating like for you? I don't really. Well, I mean... I have a story about dating that I can share later. Oh, is this is this a story that's going to be shared on our Patreon? Yeah, yeah, Ooh, so no. listeners, <laughs> go over to our Patreon, Patreon slash American Sex. All right. Do it. I share this plug. <laughs> uh, I don't date a lot, to be quite honest. I've actually reached this point in my journey of queerness and disability where I'm intentionally remaining single for a while. Because I don't have the energy to deal with all the ableism that goes around with dating it. Both internally and externally, I want to just find some time to center myself and and enjoy being with myself. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, that sounds super Oprah like soul class moment there, but <laughs> no, sometimes <laughs> we, sometimes we gotta go all chicken soup for the soul. We, yeah. we really do. I mean, like that's what's yeah. happening right there. But I mean, like I I really want to be. I've reached a point now where it's like I don't like I just want to be single and like, I want to I want to mess around I want to fuck lots and I want to. I want to be present for that with somebody and I want to build friendships that way. But to say, I mean, I'm 34. Look, look, I'm 34 and I've never been on a second date because of disability. So I don't know what dating, I have no idea what dating is like. I know what the first date's like where my date's terrified of my disability and doesn't know what to do. I've never had, I don't, I've not had a second date. I've not had a second time with somebody where I got to get to know who they really were or got to like start building relationships with them that way so 
you know, it, there's a power in me saying, you know what? I, no, I've decided that I'm going to be disabled and I'm going to, the way I've termed it is I'm going to be sexy, seated and single forever. That's what I've been saying um, to people when they ask me about it, because it's just, it's a, my way of saying, no, you know what? If that doesn't happen, it's okay. And yeah. for, for so many people who are disabled, the idea of a long-term relationship is a fantasy that we have been fed by Hollywood and the media and all these things like, like, like everyone else does too. But with us, when a disabled person is interested in somebody, sometimes their family or their caregivers or their attendant caregivers will say, Ooh, you're going on a date. And it's like, well, why, why are you infantilizing that? Why can't it just be, yeah, I'm going on a date. Why does it have to be like, Ooh, you're going to find love. And it's like, well, what if I don't want love? Yeah. What if I just want to get my dick sucked tonight and then hopefully see the guy again? Like, what if, what if it's that? So, so my experience of dating has been few and far between. Um, I fuck when I can. People that I, you know, people that I hopefully would like to hang out again. But I, as much as I talk about sex and disability, I don't have a lot of it. It comes in, it, it comes in spurts and waves. And so. And no I, pun intended. Oh, all the puns, <laughs> all the things. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh no. I heard you like kind of pause, like, oh, cringe, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally there. So, so um, um, I, I love I love sex, but I don't know if I want that to be in a re- to be in a relationship to get that. Right. But I think whether you're in a quote unquote relationship, if you're getting down with somebody, you're in a relationship of some sort. Right. So I yeah. Kinda look for the the power in those little moments versus like, oh my god, it has to be this big romantic gesture. No, it can be. Hey, we we flopped some head and that was fun. Like, and I like this person and cool, great. As opposed to this big thing. Yeah. So I want to get more into the spurting and squirting and dick sucking and kinks and all that stuff. But before we do, I want to go back to something that you said, because you said that, you know, one of the things that's just turned you off from dating is the ableism that you get on dates. So what does that look like? What are some of the specific things that have happened on dates where you're just like, you know, fuck this shit, I'm out? It's not even getting, it's not even dates, it's getting to getting to the date. So it's like going on an app and saying I'm disabled and then somebody being like, oh, it's really good to know that your dick still works. Like my, my, my name and all my like scruff and grinder profiles right now is Big Dick Crip. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm very proud of. That's Uh, amazing. And so I put, I put that out there and I got a bunch of responses right away because I was like, all right, that's awesome. And, but then they, they would say like, oh, it's nice to know your pipes still work. Like, oh, wow, you're super inspirational. And it's like, I don't want, I didn't do this for you. I did it for me. Like, fuck right off. It's not like, it's not for you to feel good about yourself. It's for me to be like, I'm owning this. It's when I, when I play with alliteration, even with like cripple content creator, when I play with, words like that it's my way of saying i'm gonna i need to find a way to bring this identity into my world and be okay with it and this is in language because i can't be a sports star i can't do you know certain things because of my body and all those things so ever since i was little my being a kid i wrote stuff i wrote plays and stories and and pretend like newspaper things when i was a kid and all of it was learning how to use language to to find myself in the words and so so this is totally a a tangent that is not your question but no keep going i'm like yeah yeah keep going but so um i just feel like 
when I when I use a name like Big Dick Crip and I get inspirational crap like that, it's like, no, it wasn't for you. It was for me. Like, don't take this moment for me and try to make yourself feel better. I did it intentionally for me to be like, I know what I am. I'm owning this. And also, true fact, I have a big dick. So, like, why not put those two things together and see what happens? Um, and I just feel like my the, the experiences that I get just trying to get the date are mired with ableism upon ableism upon ableism. And so by the time they've messaged you seven times saying how inspirational you are or asking if your dick works, you're like, fuck, I don't want to go for coffee with you anymore because, or like, I don't want to meet you for that hookup because what am I going to be putting myself into? I can't build a trust with you if you don't relax for five seconds and realize that I am learning to be more and more comfortable with my my identity and I really wish that you would too. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something that I've been seeing a lot of people talking about lately, which is, you know, there's various forms of this, but like they call it, quote, disability porn or like poor people porn where someone posts something on Facebook. Like I think recently there was um, a, like a five or six year old girl or something taking her first steps because she was disabled and everybody was passing it around like, look at how inspirational and ah, da, 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 and they're all falling all over themselves. And, and when you say like people message you and say it's inspirational, I, I, cause I try to put myself in the minds of the listeners. I would try to like think what are their thought bubbles right now? And I'm, I'm betting a lot of the thought bubbles out there right now are like, but you are inspirational. What's wrong with that? Like, they don't get it. What is wrong with that? So many things. It's because you're, you're, you're feeding off inspiration that is actually ableism. You're feeding off this idea that to be, to be disabled, your whole life's purpose is to strive to be quote unquote normal. Your whole life's purpose is to try to be just like everyone else. And yes, in some instances, I would love to be just like everyone else, but that's not my reality. Um, and so a lot of the time when we see this online, we're not seeing disabled people in these threads saying, oh yeah, that's inspirational. We're seeing like able-bodied people write these threads. Be like, wow, that girl took her steps. And I saw the video. Look, that girl is adorable. And if taking her first steps was something she wanted to do, and maybe it was, look, that's great. But did she expect for her parents to post it all over social media and make her a star because she did a thing? No. So, like, that's... And then there was the other one recently, the other day, where a woman with CP, I think, went into a, a nail salon and they refused her, which is gross and horrible and mm-hmm. don't do that. And then so she... Then so a Walmart employee offered to paint her nails for her. So... Then someone took a took a video of it, and then the news got all over it, and they they interviewed the the Walmart worker and who's saying, "Oh, we want her to feel beautiful, and like we, I wanted her to feel like she was loved, and that's great." But did you have to call the? Did you have to film it? Did you have to call the news? Yeah. Did you have to like make a spectacle of it? And also, did you give enough airtime to the disabled person to ask her how she felt about it? Like, I think these stories about inspirational porn would be amazing. If you focused in on what the disabled person has to say, if you talked to the disabled person about how do you feel about this, how, like, hear, hear their side of it, and then sure, put the story up. Then then it makes more sense. It's, it's balanced. But if you're doing it just to make non-disabled people feel at ease with themselves because they've done something good for the day, like, fuck you. No, no that's not okay. And so I think what... 
what inspiration porn is, is people trying to grapple with their own ableism and being afraid to admit that. Mm, yeah. Thank you for that. Because I think a lot of people really need to hear it because they have, they're like, what? They have no clue. I don't so. know. If, if it were me in that video, I think I would then like start doing things like successfully wiping my a- ass and saying, mom, put this on Facebook. I wipe my ass. <laughs> yeah. I breathed. Put it on Facebook. Hey. I mean, if, aren't, aren't I incredible? I breathed. Look at Ken wearing his vest. He's living his vest life right now. <laughs> if only I could wipe my ass. And I mean, one one thing I, I did want to say about that, which just as I thought about it, it went out of my head. Yep, it's totally... I don't... <laughs> Maybe it'll circle around. Maybe it's like doing a little loop-to-loop. It was so good and it's gone now. Yep, totally not there. All right. Well, if it pops back up, just like interrupt everything and be like, oh, I remember. Like this, this happens yeah. to me all the time. My brain fart and then I'll remember it at four in the morning. Or, or in the shower I'm just or fucking old though. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Sucking and Oh, go ahead. I have one real quick question. Are you into BDSM at all? Uh, Very. I'm new to it. Very new. I like, I like the idea of being a... a a pup, uh, a puppy, and and like, like a boy, and I like all those ideas. I've never actually properly explored them, but the idea is cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of you online somewhere with a puppy hood, like a leather puppy hood on, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I super enjoyed wearing that because, but I, again, I didn't really get to. I wore that for a photo shoot to be like, look at me, I'm into kink, but then I haven't really done it since. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, if you ever want a good time, go to the puppy pit at IML. Just saying. Oh yeah, yeah. That's... If IML was more and more accessible, I would... you're right. Yeah, of, and, and yeah. they are. I know that they're doing more trying to be accessible, but it's like it's failing. Like they hey, just they, they just keep fl- flailing around. Me, I'll do it. I'll, I'll work for you. Fly me out because that's something know. you do, right? Like you consult events and whatnot to be more accessible. Like I what do you do when you're consulting? Can, I basically, I basically will talk to the to the to the to somebody about whatever they want me to consult on, whether it's a disabled person asking, how do I get to this venue? Whether it's a venue owner saying, how do I make this more accessible? I've had disabled people who said, I want to throw a party, like a sexy party. And like I did one a couple of years ago and they're like, oh, how do we do that? What do we like? We want to come to you for expertise. And so I, d- I just use my lived experience to give them pointers and suggest ways to make things more accessible. And again, but I'm, again, I'm not, an expert in the field and I don't know everything and I don't do all the right things all the time, but I really try to use my knowledge of living as a wheelchair user to, to guide people in the best way to make things more accessible. Yeah. How, how difficult is it if you want to go out to an event or even like, you know, there's a bar night or something like a queer bar night. Uh, how much of the time is discovering accessibility is preventing you from enjoying the event? Uh, is that a factor? Oh yeah, accessibility. Like, and I, I look at accessibility in two ways. There's physical accessibility, which means if I can't get into the bar, and then I'm not going. And also, if I can get into the bar, but then no one talks to me or is afraid of me or doesn't approach me, that I refer to as um, emotional accessibility. So if the bar is not physically or emotionally accessible, which most queer bars are neither. Um, Especially where I am in Toronto, there's one or two that are properly accessible. Um, and even when I've been in there, it's like, oh, I don't feel at home here. Like, I don't feel like I really fit because nobody really talks to you. So I've, I've given up on going out to bars because it's just not, and plus I'm a homebody. Like, I'm 
So I'm literally, before we started recording, I was sitting here watching that Nick Offerman, Amy Poehler show about crafting. This is totally my favorite thing. I'm all about this. So like, I don't want to go to the bar and like put in all the effort to make you pay attention to me only to then have you ask me like, who does your dick work? Like, I don't fucking have time for that. So I have made my way on the apps and I'm like, look, if somebody wants to hit me up on Grindr or Scruff, like I'm there, Big Dick Crip, like I'm ready to... I'll be ready to like throw down and do the things, but like I, <laughs> and you know, the apps are, are my form of a bar. The apps are my accessibility. Um, I like sometimes I'll go to events and I'll, I'll go to like stuff and they'll say, Oh, well, we, we want it. We wanted to have you there, but, but your chair can't fit. And it's like, well, I'm not going to waste my, I won't waste my energy right. trying to get there for you. So I, I've, I mean, and, Bars were cool when I was in my 20s. I'm 34 now. And bars were like, really? Come on. Look, look, I'm with sorry. you. I'm like, I'm why do you people even go to these things? And then you drink the and you feel like shit the next day. Like, what? You spent all your money. I don't get it. So it makes, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I like, I'm, I'm like, let's throw on some Netflix and watch some Gilmore Girls marathons. And I'm set. Like, yes. Oh, there, there you go. Yes. There it is. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. All right. So now. Sucking and fucking. We're, we're at the sucking and fucking part. Um, and, and you had said like, oh, you, you talk about sex a lot, but you don't have it as much as you seem to talk about like every sex educator in the world. We all right. talk about like people think, people think that we're actually all masturbating right now as we're talking because we talk. Uh, we, I am. Shut up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're in your vest, living your best life. Um, <laughs> but really the reality is like, us sex educators just collectively as a group are probably having way less sex than you think we are and maybe even less sex than you're having so yeah we really yeah it's so true i mean i am not i'm just not having a lot of sex and when i do it's like the the gods call my name we're like it's your turn so (laughs) (laughs) So, all right i'm just gonna be blunt what is sex with andrew like Sex with Andrew, like, like, let's go back to that Gilmore Girls metaphor. It's literally, let's throw on some Netflix <laughs> and like, maybe we'll put it on for like a few minutes and then, oh, there's my erection. Let's get things, let's, like, let, like, it's really, it's, I've also referred to myself as a big disabled dork and that's kind of how I am when I engage in sex with somebody. Like, I don't, I don't put on airs. I don't pretend like it's this big thing. I don't act. Like, I'm in a porno. There's no camera there. Like, I do want to do porn, though. Hey, porn producers, call me. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, oh, there's a, there's a thunderstorm happening right now. But, but I, um, I don't, I love, I love sex, but I like the nerdy kind of like stuff in between the active sex is more intimate to me than like, oh, I'm going to suck your dick now. Right. The giggles I, and the falling off the yeah. bed and the stupid puns that just fly out of your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that that shit gets me hard more than like, like I, I want to suck your dick right now. It's like, oh yeah, I've heard that before, but can you make me laugh for two minutes? Go. Like that's, that's what gets me excited. And so like sex for me is a lot and has become much more of an intimate process where like, look, if I don't come with somebody and we just hang out naked for an hour in the bed with each other in that space, that's so much more powerful for me than like, oh, I fucked him for three hours and then we did this. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. But the intimacy means so much more to me. But I mean, I do like having somebody ride my dick. That's super fun. I'm all about that. Um, 
I like sucking dick. That's fun for me. And the way to do that when you're a wheelchair user is you straddle the chair. And so that's fun. Oh, okay. I just had a visual and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, so you, okay. You straddle the chair or if I'm in my bed, they just basically put their dick on my face and I just go to town. Like it's, it's, I have one sex position and that's the dead turtle position. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that's basically if you if you're visualizing that's me on my back, unable to move. Yeah. Um so I've called it the dead turtle position forever because I just think it's hilarious. And so if I'm if you're if I'm sucking your dick, you just have to bring your dick to my face and I go to town. Same with like analingus, just bring your ass to my face when I'll go to town. Like I'm, I'm and one of the things I pride myself on is being really good with my mouth because of disability. I can't do much else, but I know how to use my mouth muscles really well because I have spastic CP, which means that even when I'm talking to you right now, my tone, my body tone is at about a two, Mm -hmm. um, which means that if I get, if I'm really focused on something, the muscles are way too tight, which are actually, they're really tight in my tongue and my mouth and stuff. So it makes, it makes any kind of oral stimulation that much more fun for a partner. So I'm really, I'm really, I love, I love what my mouth can do. And, and also, I refer to myself as, as the human dildo because when someone's fucking me, I can't thrust. I have no thrusting ability in my hips. So, right. when sitting on my dick, they have to do all the work. So, which I love because I just sit there, I just lie there in, in dead turtle and enjoy. Um, I'm a lazy lover. So, like, you, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. <laughs> I don't have to move at all. Like, like yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. I gotta say, it's really, like, it's really, it's really fun because, and then, like, my able bodied partner has to do a lot of the work. But if you're disabled, like, we can talk about it. But again, the intimacy is so much more my jam than like, oh, we came seven times. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. But, did, like, let's hang out and get to know each other and, do it with erections in a bed. Hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work, and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Megastore. 
leg store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my God, give me water. Those are the best orgasm ever. So, okay. You, when you are like get, working up to dating, you encounter all these ableist things and it's just too much bullshit and you're like, fuck this. So now you are having people, you know, I'm presuming come over to your house or whatnot and you're hooking up. What kind of things happen? Like, do you have to, you know, explain certain things to them? Are they apprehensive or afraid of hurting you or, you know? Oh, yeah, all that stuff happens, but I try to explain it to them really well beforehand. Uh-huh. So, like, hey, this is what I need you to do. This is how we're going to do this. This is what I like. And, like, I'm very clear. And because I have, a, I have, I have people touching my body all the time that aren't lovers. They're attending care workers. So I know how to say what I want, when I want it, how I want it. But I, I've noticed that when I'm doing that with a lover, I lose all my ability to speak. Like, if it's somebody that I'm, like, into, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I forgot how to tell you what to do. But if, it, <laughs> if it's a care worker, I'm like, and then this way, and this way, and this way. But if it's, like, somebody with their dick out, and we're, like, going to get down, I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know what comes next. Meanwhile, I do it every day. So, like, but I do eventually get my senses back, and I'm able to tell them what to do. And I think... People have people are okay to be afraid, especially if it's your first time with a disabled person. But I think the hottest one of some of the hottest things somebody could say to me, and they've never said this yet, but if they if they're afraid, just say like I don't know anything about your disability, but I think you're hot and I want to suck your dick right now. Can you show me what to do? Like, be really upfront about that. Be really present in the I have no idea what to do, but I want to give this a go. Let's give it a try. That's sexier than like cowering in your fear right what could possibly happen and that's like universal just honest authenticity kind of wins wins the prize every time in every situation just be like on the level i think people are too worried about how am i gonna look what are they gonna think and it's like just do the thing use your words (laughs) be logical don't overthink you know so um future Andrew lovers, I hope you're listening to this podcast because that's the exact thing you need to do. So maybe, maybe you should have them listen to this episode before they come over. So they're like, Oh, so then everyone will say that to you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I'm so therefore, like, if more hot dudes would just say that, then, like, you know, you know, the thing is that people will say all the time, Oh no, your disability doesn't bother me one bit. And then they'll walk through my door and be like, Oh, yeah i didn't realize you were that disabled oh uh, like that's that's not cool like can you just be honest about the fact that it scares you and to be honest i get off when it scares people a little bit i'm like oh i'm gonna be your first amazing let's do this really so you're kind of in a way sort of an emotional sadist like you get off on their uncomfortable ability is that a word i don't care but yeah i mean i get off on them being uncomfortable if it's not like really hurting, if it's not obviously not causing them like trauma, right? If they're uncomfortable, if they're uncomfortable in a funny sort of like take a breath and like dive in sort of way, I'm all about that because, and I I love the I love the the I love the fact that usually I'm their first disabled person like that gets me off all the time, huh? 
So do you do you kind of get off when people are just even afraid to say cripple? And I'm even like whispering it, like like the like the gossipy the gossipy housewives are like. And you can't she see has, this, but she, she just looked both yeah, ways. The, she, she has Myrtle. She has cancer. You know. <laughs> but, there's a little bit of sadist in you that is enjoying yeah, that, isn't there? Yeah, no, there totally is. And I mean, I I think it's really cute when somebody confronts cute. It's, it's cute, but it's also important that they confront their own ableism. And if I can do what I can do to make that easier for somebody in a fun sort of way, will they also suck my dick? Like, why why can't I combat ableism through blowjobs? Like, why can't that be a thing that I do? So, like, I'm okay with that. Um and I think if I can use my my humor to to show somebody that yeah you did just have sex with a disabled person and guess what you didn't like the world didn't fall apart and you didn't save them from their sad sad existence you just fucked a disabled person like it's all okay right how big of a role does humor play in your in your sex and your activism humorous like humor just being funny and you know cracking the jokes and i don't know getting people's inhibitions down with humor is that a is that a big cornerstone of kind of your your mo kind of i mean look my title is kerbal content creator yeah that's (laughs) that's like i i know very i know very well how to market disability and make people like i want people to laugh through their uncomfortableness and laugh with me um and so i'll say in lectures like I'm the sexiest disabled person you'll ever meet. Like, when we're done this lecture, I want to go back to my hotel room and fuck. Like, I'm really, really, I love to play with that because it makes people uncomfortable. And then when they realize that I am okay with it, they're not uncomfortable anymore. Like, I have lovers call me cripple all the time. And it doesn't phase me. It makes me so proud because I'm like, you see me now. Good. Like, it makes me, it actually gives me like an emotional boner because I'm like, you understand now who I am and you're in now because you get it. Oh, I like that. I'm, I'm feeling like, oh, man. And then that's what everybody wants. Like when it boils down to it, I think people can be like, yeah, I want to get fucked and I want to come eight million times. But when you boil people down to their like lowest common denominator, we all just want to be seen and heard and understood and valued. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of the best sex I had, some of the best sex I've had, hasn't even involved fluids being exchanged. We were just there with each other, enjoying the moment. And that's a beautiful fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. So now you are dabbling in kink, which is awesome. Dabbling, um, yes. dabbling. So are you a dominant, a submissive? Like, how? Where? Where do you fall on that spectrum? You know, the more and more I, I, I play with these labels for myself, I would say that in in life, I'm dominant because I have to be. I have to direct my care workers what to do. I have to tell them how to do things. I have to, like, organize all the things. When it comes to dick sucking, though, and, like, getting naked with a person, I am I love to be subby. I love it so much because in my life, I have to direct everything and make sure everything's okay and disability is, like, part of my disabled identity has to be managed and blah, blah, blah. But in the bedroom, like if I'm with somebody that I'm comfortable with, it's like, no, no, you tell me what we're doing. And I will. Yes, sir. Let's go. Because I don't want to run the show. Like even like, even to get me into bed, I have to tell the person what to do. I have to do all those things. But once I'm in there in dead turtle with my dick out, I'm like, let's no, you tell me what we're doing. Let's, let's go. Right. Because I want to find a way to, 
I really get off on giving someone pleasure because I think when I have sex with a disabled person, people feel the need to get me off all the time and be like, oh, there, I did a service to you. Or like, I helped you get off. And so I'm, I'm like this angelic person that did that for you. Um, but I love making people get off in whatever way that is and however that looks because I want to know that I can give you pleasure. And so, so if that's you being dominant and telling me to suck your dick a bunch of times or telling me to, to like do this or telling me to try to like, I am down. And also because like sex for me is, is I can't, I haven't been with a lot of people who have been willing to try stuff with me. So like to be really blunt, I've never gotten fucked. I've never done a lot of stuff. And I, I, I'm like a sponge. I want to, I want to like, lap it all up and learn things with for, from the, the people that I'm with. So future lovers of Andrew, if you want to, um, <laughs> if you, if you want to teach me things, I'm, I'm there for it. We should you, just title this episode for future lovers of Andrew. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we I'm should. So, yeah. I'm so there for it. You know what? It's your comments on that particular subject are exactly like the ableist part of me assumed the exact opposite of what you just said, because my thought process was, you know what? You have so much agency taken away from you that you're going to want to be toppy all the time. And I didn't even think it didn't ever even dawned upon me that you have a caretaker that you have to, you don't know that you don't do it that way. You do it this way. I mean, you're just like a CEO of a big corporation who, you know, wants to be put into a submissive position because they have to be on top and they have to be in charge all the time. And yeah. it, you know, is, you know, as, as much as we try to confront ableism and racism, people still are going to have those thoughts because, you it's know, it's ingrained in you. It's ingrained yeah. in me because I am, you know, I'm most of the time I'm fully able bodied and I'm making bad assumptions because I'm not in his shoes. And I think it's important to have dialogue like this so people can see what everybody's point of view is on something like this. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, no, I'm happy to. And I really, I also appreciate in this conversation right now, Kevin, that you are trying in this conversation right now to navigate your own understanding of how disability identity affects you. And I think that conversation is super powerful because we never hear that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And I'm going to point out something wrong that you just did. My name's Ken, actually. It's not Kevin. Oh, no. I'm a fucking <laughs> Good asshole. job, jackass. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to make fun of you. No, fuck that. <laughs> so don't cut that. Keep it in. I'm totally keeping it in. <laughs> but you know what? You're not like every day people always like, you know. You're just, I mean, you might as well change your name at this point. No, like, ser- no, no Kevin, I'm kidding. It's funny because in, sorry to Kevin Patterson, but like Kevin, we just found out is the most hated name in the world. World. oh no yeah and it's my my ex who's like horrible <laughs> horrible, my horrible it's fucking hilarious it's funny though. but yeah there was some some vote or something somewhere in europe like germany or something i don't know denmark something they voted kevin as the most hated name that's so mean i know and like in their culture i guess like if you're being a kevin like it's actually a thing like ew he's being a kevin <laughs> so sorry for all the kevins listening we like you except for my ex except for my ex um but ever, all the other kevins are awesome i've never uh, known a bad kevin except for that one except that's one. true yeah all right so we totally got off on a kevin tangent but what was i gonna <laughs> ask you oh okay so the conversation that you and you and ken just had was really interesting to me because you know he's like 
oh shit, I just realized I'm totally being ableist and whoops, didn't catch that till now. So there are, you know, every able body person out there, um, you know, and even probably even other people with disabilities out there are having ableist thoughts. And there's, they don't have an Andrew in their headphones right now to be like, Hey, <laughs> nor should they, nor should they be like, I'm going to go to my disabled friend and ask them to check me, you know, so. And if they do that, disabled friend, you will charge them for exactly for that labor. Exactly. exactly. Don't, don't, don't do the, well, I'm going to ask my disabled friend or I'm going to go, I'm going to go tag my black friend in this comment on Facebook and see what they think. Don't do that shit, people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Seriously, like, no. No, no, Or I'll no. bully you for my time. Thanks. Exactly. Yeah. And it's okay to fuck up. You just own your fuck ups, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody screws up. Everybody. I've done it. I'm a, like, I'm a severely disabled person. I I have fucked up a bunch of times around gender, race, disability. And I, you know, you just apologize. And you don't dwell. And don't apologize 75 million times. Apologize once. Don't do it again. Right. Exactly. Yep. Like we're, we're all human. We're all learning. We're, con- that's, that's the beauty of life. It's like we're constantly reeducating, learning new things, evolving. Like we are all going to fuck up. And if you sit there and make your fuck up, like about you, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm such a fuck up. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh my God. You must hate me. Oh, blah, 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 blah. go fuck yourself. Yeah. So. <laughs> because no one else is going to <laughs> exactly end. exactly so now though so people who are going around having these ableist thoughts that have been their thoughts for their whole life and they don't even know they don't even have a fucking clue it's not on disabled people to be like hey i'm gonna point that out for you it's absolutely not but then we have the conundrum how the fuck do we get these people that are fucking up that don't even know they don't even have the inkling that they're doing anything wrong how do we get them to f- to see it you don't yeah <laughs> you you i mean look if i think you're hot and i want to blow you and you're being an ableist douchebag but i still think there's like some power in there and there's a moment where i could like I'm going to change you for the next hour so I can blow you and not feel weird about it. Like, sure, then I'll hold your hand and I'll walk you through ableism. But if I'm never going to see you again and you did something stupid and you, you see, even that, even that stupid is not a word that I, should, that I should be using. You did something silly that I don't appreciate that I don't have time for you. Next, moving on. Right. Like, yeah. I just don't, don't have the energy. But like I said, if you are somebody that I'm super attracted to and you, do something ableist, I'm going to do my best to make sure that you learn not to do that again because I like your dick. Yeah, yeah. Now, real quick, I'm going to back up because you said, oh, you said the word stupid and then you said, oh, that's not a word I should be saying. And I'm reading the thought bubbles of the listeners right now going... Well, what's wrong with that? God, that's stupid. So what is wrong with that? (laughs) What's wrong with that word? And why is it ableist? Well, stupid implies that people who have mental illness or issues with mental health are less than. And that's something, I mean, stupid is a word we've been using for years and years and years and years, day day in and day out, not even thinking about it. But it implies that somebody with a different, with a different mental health experience is less than, and that's just not fair. And so that's something that as a cognitively, as a person that doesn't deal with cognitive disabilities or intellectual disabilities, I have to be fully aware of um, when I do my work. And so I was just right there when we did, I was just checking myself being like, oops, made a mistake. Like it happens. 
so freely and I, I have to be, I have to constantly remind myself. And like, sometimes I'll, sometimes on podcasts, I've said the wrong thing. I've been, and then emailed later and been like, Oh, sorry. But this time I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm just going to lay it out for what it is. And I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that we could all yeah, learn from that. And thank you. And one other word that I know that I've been trying to erase from my vocabulary and a lot of people are like, well, I don't get it is the word crazy. You know, like, girl, you're so crazy. Like everyone says crazy. Oh my God, isn't that crazy? And that's yeah. also another ableist word. And I have been, str- you know, it's been a few years I've been struggling with it, but I try like bananas, and you know, like other, like what are the actual words? But yeah. So knowing all of that, what do you say to people that are just they 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 say i'm so tired of pc culture why do i have to conform to what you want i don't say anything to them i bye (laughs) i just keep going because i'm like like like, that's just gross if you don't have the wherewithal and the ability to realize that we need to grow no matter how old we are no matter what culture you think we live in then you're not somebody that i want to associate with so i would say nothing to them and i would move right on like i just like no um, and no matter how pretty you are, and no matter how much I want to maybe suck your dick, if you say that shit to me, I'm out. Like, no, because we all have the ability to fuck up, and we need to own it. No matter who we are, no matter what time period it is, we need to we need to make sure that we are respecting people and respecting what their what they what their needs are. And so I think. One of the things that I saw at a, at a lecture that I did a few years ago was the group sat down and the group leader said, hey, what is everybody's access needs today? And everybody went around the group and said, I I need this and I need this and I need the lights turned down low because my my I have a migraine thing and I need to leave it this time because my disability this. And I, was, and I always come back to that because I'm like, I'd love for somebody to be like, hey, what do you need? What do you need for me to see you today? Like, what what can I do for you? To, that I, f- to see you and for me it's like call me the big dick crib I'll call me like you know for me it's like play with that identity with me that's how I like to be seen right right you know it's and I think it's great you said uh, something just a moment ago and it just made me realize that I think that language changes so rapidly that we in I think a lot of these people that say well I'm just tired of PC culture and like why should I have to change my words if you think about the words that were used 50 years ago, the ones that were used 10 years ago, the ones that five, were used yeah. five years ago, the ones that were made up yesterday, the ones that are made up yesterday, that like <laughs> language is changing. And if somebody is offended by a word, they might have a goddamn good reason why they are offended by it. And you need to listen to them and you need to see that what their point of view is and language adapts and changes. So to say that I'm tired of PC culture, like, you know what, if you say that, you know, you might be somebody who was the victim of a language uh, issue 50 years ago, but now you're not because that language has already changed. But language isn't perfect and we're constantly adapting. And you know what? It's going to keep growing. It's going to keep changing. We're going to have different academic terms versus activist terms. There's things that aren't going to be in the dictionary. Like the word cis uh, was completely, uh, you know, an activist term 10 years ago. And today it's pretty commonplace. Right. And it's like, as, as words evolve, 
you're going to fuck them up. Yep, like, you're going to fuck up. Yeah. 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 And it's not like there's this big PC conspiracy, you assholes. It's not that. It's just that, you know what? People that were disenfranchised are finally getting some power and they don't want to be called a thing. So don't fucking call them a thing. That's all it is. Don't call me a thing. Thanks. The end. Yep. Like, <laughs> if that's not a shirt, it needs to be. Yeah, that, yep. that'll be like the subtitle to the episode. What, like, what, 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 what do we say? It was like if people who are gonna date Andrew and then don't call Future me a thing. Yeah, Future lovers of Andrew, don't call me a thing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I loved every damn second of it. And I also loved being able to connect with you because even though we've, you know, followed each other on Twitter and blah, 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 we've never actually sat down and had a conversation before. So I want to thank you for that. It's been great. Yeah. And I wanted to thank you for calling me Kevin. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, no, no. You already apologized once. You're not going to apologize again. No, you're, good, good, good. You're, you're done. You're over with. And by the way, I I am uh, like about like we do a lot of work with people in the porn industry. And I'm gonna like, are you sincere about wanting to do porn? I am genuinely sincere. Like I want to. Okay, I'm gonna work. like we're gonna see what we can do to make this happen. And so we're gonna so specifically, you want to do some queer, some dude like, on dude, dude on dude yeah. action, maybe a little light S and M stuff. Yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm all right. There. Okay, wait, this made me think of another question. Is This is the P.S. to the interview. Last question. <laughs> um, do you find that some people fetishize you for your disability? Oh, and good how do question. you feel good about question. that? I fetishize myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm bare in a chair. I'm big dick crypt. Like, I, I play with all that stuff. I think it gets to a point. If you wanted to fetishize me to make me more disabled... So I could do less, so you would then become the savior. That's a problem, right? But if you're using it in the context of you know me and when you're getting to know my identity, then I don't fucking care. But if if you are doing it to be to be to take away my power, to take away my agency, to abuse me in any way, then I'm not okay with that. Yeah, I, I've often said that you know people get really confused when it comes to objectification and i'll put it in the context of like objectifying women you know like because that's a real common one people talk about like objectifying women is bad but then you see in some sexual situations where women are like i want you to objectify me and and it tends to be like hetero men's brains explode they're like i don't understand why it's wrong sometimes and it's right and i just boil it down to like objectification is fucking hot and awesome if it's with everyone's consent if it's cons- consensually objectify the shit out of this cripple, all right? I'm down. I'm so there. <laughs> everyone listening, PPS, you can you can objectify the shit out of. I'm so there for it, and it gets me. It gets me hard like that because it just means you see me and you're okay with it, and that's that's hot. Oh. Okay. That's this, a, is a, this is a great conversation. Yeah, that was a great place to end. I'm like, oh, but we can't end because we have to find out. And of course, listeners, as you always know, I will have all the links to everywhere where you can find Andrew in the show notes, including like your disability after dark podcast and all that fun stuff. But Everyone if you, download that shit. Yeah. Every Friday. Every Friday. New episode. New episode. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, and Disability After Dark is available, what, on every podcast, like on iTunes and things. everything. We're almost at 100. <gasps> Yay! Congratulations. Wow. That's a lot of We're work. 100 next week, and I am like, whoa! I can't wait. Nice. So, everyone, tune in to Disability After Dark for the 100th episode, and review it and subscribe, because, and I'm, gonna, I'm reminding our, our listeners, too, that... 
we make money and have our success and everything based on ratings, the podcast ratings. And podcast ratings are based exclusively on iTunes. So if you got the iTunes, go leave a review, go hit subscribe, hit subscribe, no matter what you're listening on. But um, if you're on iTunes, all the better. And that helps everyone. So do it for Disability After Dark, do it for American Sex Podcast. And Andrew, where else can we find you? I'm on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. I am on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod for the, the podcast. But that's literally me being like, hey, a new show came out. Here's the thing. So, but I do that everywhere. So you can click on either one. And it's fine. Um, you can go to my website, www.andrewgerza.com, uh, where it has all my stuff and all my writing and my, my rates and all those things for the work I do. Um, you can also head over to, I'm starting really briefly, starting a campaign to create the first line of sex toys for and by disabled people. Ooh. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, if anybody wants to donate to our research to create the best toy ever for disabled people, they can head over to deliciouslydisabled.ca and click the donate button. Very cool. That's all great stuff. And I, I truly honestly hope that at some point, we either just have, you know, more opportunity to talk and to be in the same room would be even better. So hopefully we'll be in an event together or something at some point. Or hopefully we'll, we'll be in Toronto and es- like escape the Trump administration. Yeah. yeah I, I like that plan. But I mean, I, I, would, I can invite both of you to be on my podcast. Aww. Oh, we'd love to. Like, like, Ken. You, <laughs> you said you said you have like you know a severe seizure disorder. So yep. that's something that we can definitely talk about on my show. If you oh, for sure, I would love to. It's yeah, because it's something that it's yeah, it, like I can talk for hours about me. I'm, yeah. I'm my favorite subject. You, totally <laughs> you like to objectify yourself. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, thank you so much, and it was great talking to you. And goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, Andrew. Bye, Andrew. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.